Welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We believe God wants to speak into your life through this message. If you're interested in knowing more about Celebration Church, you can visit our website at celebrationedmonton.com and find us on Instagram and Facebook at Celebration EDM. Thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoy this message. Did it ever feel like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but does it ever feel like you keep chasing something like a a goal, a dream, a feeling, and the target line keeps moving? Like when you think you're, you're about to get there, it just keeps moving? Or, or maybe, it's, maybe it's more like this. Maybe you hear the word blessed or blessing comes up in the Bible, comes up in church. And sometimes you think, you know, judging on how my week went, I'm not sure if I'm blessed or not. Right? Does it ever feel like that? I know sometimes it can feel like that for me. And often the temptation, as we live in life, is we start to look around, and at times we can think, wow, other people sure have it put together. Look at their life. I'm not feeling that way. Or maybe you feel like there's a real fear in your life where you feel like you haven't achieved enough or you haven't done enough at this point. Does it ever feel like that to you? Where you start to feel like, at this point, I just thought I'd be further along. And the temptation is to be like, okay, what, look at them and look at this person. And there was a, a guy in the Bible like this named Jacob. And Jacob's sort of, he's looking around at other people's lives and wants what they have. His brother's name is Esau. And Esau has something back then in those times, the, the firstborn child would have this thing called a birthright. And it was like, they got like, I think all or most of the inheritance. It was pretty good if you're the firstborn child back then. Now, if you're the firstborn, you just get a little extra childhood trauma. Uh, <laughs> not, not the best deal, but. But they had this birthright and, and Jacob, he wanted his brother's birthright and he ends up stealing it. And his life kind of just takes this wild little thing. He ends up marrying his cousin, a couple of his cousins actually. That's another wild story that we're not going to get into today. Um, but yeah, Jacob goes through some stuff in his life. And we're going to explore just one part of his life this morning in Genesis chapter 32. So I'm going to read from the NIV in a moment. We're going to read Genesis chapter uh, 32. I'd encourage you to read along with me. You can grab your Bible. You can even just Google this text. It'll pop up. Uh, Genesis chapter 32. We'll put it on the screens as well. I'm going to read from NIV. We're going to go from 22 to 31. So Genesis chapter 2. 22 to 31, would you read the Word of God along on your own with me? Um, There's power in the Word of God. The Holy Spirit inspired these scriptures to be written. And there was power back when they were written, and there's power today. So I encourage you to read along with me, see what the Holy Spirit prompts you today as we go through this text together. But Genesis 32, 22 to 31, I'll read it. You read along with me. That night, Jacob got up, he took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of Jabuk. After he had sent them across the stream, he sent over all of his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. I love the Bible. Like, just one little line like that. It's like, wait, what? Um, But yes, a man wrestled with him until daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, He touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. 
Then the man said, let me go for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what's your name? And Jacob answered, oh, sorry, Jacob, he answered. Then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and you've overcome. And Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? And then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God face to face and yet my life was spared. There was a belief then that if you saw God face to face, you would die. The sun rose above him as he passed Peniel and he was limping because of his hip. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jacob and how we can see what you're doing through his life and what it means for us today. I thank you for your son, Jesus, who died for each and every person in this room. God, I pray that today, as we take in this word, you'd become more alive, more personal to us, and we would see how you're always fighting to restore, your, restore us back to you. Thank you for your words, in Jesus' name, amen. So Jacob experienced God's presence in a little bit of an unexpected way that day. Life is, I don't know about you, but life for me feels so much more enjoyable when you're experiencing God's presence. Like, like when you know you've experienced the presence of God, it does something in your life. It shifts your heart. And oftentimes we'll be like trying to figure out certain different things in our life. And it's crazy how the presence of God can shift everything in a moment. Guys at the back, I love you. Could you put a timer on for me? It really helps me. Also helps them. You guys are, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. Um, but here's what I found. Here's what I found, that we can try to look to this or that thing to, to get what we want in life. But what I found is that God's presence is always better than culture's promises. God's presence is so much better for us than culture's promises. And oftentimes, if we are not careful, we look for God's blessing in culture's promises. And Jacob is doing this very same thing. He looks at his, his firstborn brother and culture decided that his firstborn brother was more blessed than he was. And Jacob wants his own blessing and so he tries to force it. And it takes real work in life to remember what the real blessings in life are. Especially in this day and age where um, retailers, people selling stuff are better than ever before at what they're doing. Back in the day, it was like a Sears catalog. They'd send you that. If you had a chance to flip through it, it'd make you want something. Now, it's like in front of us at all times that you need to buy this or that product. In fact, this week, I was shopping for a new couch because I have children and they ruin everything. Um, you know what I'm talking about, parents. Come on, let's just be honest this morning. And so I was, I was looking for a new couch. I'm online. And you know, here's what happens these days. You start to think that you need a new couch. All of a sudden, there's sponsored ads in your Instagram feed like, you know, come by this couch, come by that couch. So you got these things popping up in your, your Instagram, your Facebook, whatever. And I click on one of them. I'm like, this looks like a nice couch. Let's see how much it would be with shipping, right? So then you, you know, you do the whole process. You make the mistake of putting your information in there, right? And, and then you go, oh, that's how much it is with shipping. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know. They're going to, should I buy this couch or not? And then what happens when you, when you, you have it in your cart, you don't buy it. And then they're like, we got you now. 
and they're coming after you. They're like, you need this couch. There's more sponsored ads. Then they hit your email up. Hey, what about that couch? You know, your life's gonna be better when you get this couch. You know, you can finance this couch. Oh, baby, you know where we, we know where you live. We'll bring it right into your living room. Like, they're like, you want this couch? Even that, they'll even text you. That's what happened to me this week. Hey, we noticed this thing's in your cart. You gotta get this couch. It's gonna make your life so much better. And this is the culture that we live in. That we're always being told, trust me, if you just would buy this product or get into this thing or buy this course or try these vitamins, your life is going to be so much better. And here's the reality of what we live in is that Western culture is driven by capitalism, not by Christ. You got to remember, that's the world we live in today. Not hating on capitalism at all, but we often, if we're not careful, build our idea for success on consumerism. And so our idea of blessed is the house, the car, the clothing, it all looks good. And there's nothing wrong with having a good house, car, and clothing. But what can happen is, or maybe, maybe you're like, I'm not a consumer that way, Joel, but maybe your idea for success is your stocks, right? You're, the real estate you own. If business is good, that's how you, you, know, you feel blessed. But Western culture has this mentality that that's really what's gonna make us happen, happy. And Jacob is doing the exact same thing as this. Looking to all these external things, going, look at what this person has, look what that has. And he's trying to spend his life. What he does is, as he deceives his father and as he goes and, you know, marries his cousins and he ends up like, yeah, I know, right? It's like, wow, was this guy from Bonneville or something? Um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, you guys are from Bonneville? I'm so sorry. I'm so <laughs> Okay, but it could happen. It could. Oh, Fort, Fort Kent? I don't know where that is, but okay. Yeah, okay. She affirmed that it is Fort, Fort Kent vibes. Okay. All right. Okay, that's good. Where were we? Okay, so Jacob, he goes and he's like, he's thinking all these external things is what's really gonna make him happy. He ends up kind of swindling his father-in-law. His father-in-law swindled him too, but, um, and he's just acquiring, 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 thinking all these things are gonna make him satisfied. And uh, he again, starts by stealing the birthright. Then he moves on to thinking a wife is gonna do it. And I don't know how bad your father-in-law is, but I'm pretty sure he didn't trick you into marrying two of his daughters. Like, he's probably good, but this is what happens to Jacob. And then he chases after his brother, trying to fix things, trying to get things settled. He's afraid of what his brother's gonna do to him. But do you see this pattern in his life though? Jacob is frustrating, frustrated, trying to experience fulfillment. He's looking all at these external things to try and figure this out. And he gets to this place with God where it's almost like God is trying to get all of his energy out. He's like, just, would you stop for a minute? This is certainly what I do when I wrestle my son. It's like, you are trashing the house. Let's wrestle. Let's get your energy out. It almost feels like God's doing that in this moment. It's like, Jacob, you're doing all these things, but you need to experience me. You need to experience me. And 1 John has this kind of intense verse, First uh, John chapter 2, where he writes, do not love the world or the things of the, of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's intense. For, everyone in, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride in one's possessions is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world with its lust is passing away. The one who does the will of God remains forever. 
And it just, it sort of seems like God is trying to reach us and say, bring me all those desires. Again, nothing wrong with having nice stuff and a good life, but you're not going to find what you're looking for in those things. Bring me all those desires, all that heartache, all that pain, all that striving for more, all that fear. Bring it to me. We're going to wrestle. We're going to be together. You're not blessed because of this external stuff. You're blessed because of his presence. Seek that above all else and you'll be fulfilled. Seek him above all else and you'll be fulfilled. The world tells us you consume more, it'll make you happy. And God tells us if you're consumed by his presence, you'll find what you're looking for. And so God wrestles with Jacob. And I think that maybe he wants to wrestle with you and I. Because wrestling with God will be a blessing to you. Some people think, I can't even talk to God. Like God's this, this figure, he's far away. I, I, we're not gonna have communication. Yet the story of Jacob tells us we can go much further than talking to God. God's like, let's wrestle. Let's work through some stuff together. You know, growing up, we had this thing in my family that we would do called wrestle in the living room or as we would call it, wrestling the living room. Um, we, where, what would happen was, uh, my, we'd have all this energy, there's four boys in my house, we're all like fired up, and my dad would come through the door, come home from work, and we would just, from what I remember, just shout, wrestle in the living room! And we would all run to the living room with my dad, and we'd wrestle him, ah! We'd jump on top of each other, be a big dog, probably be throwing each other on the couches. It would always go too far, someone would end up crying, um, but we loved it. We loved it. And the thing about wrestling in the living room is that it didn't come to this point where it was like, okay, we've defined a winning moment. You've, you've achieved what we were looking to do with this wrestling. You've got it. This is it. There was no winner. There was no point where he won or we won. The point was that we were together. The point was that for those few moments, no phone call could interrupt us. Whatever was on the TV was not going to distract us. No stress in life could interrupt these moments. We were spending time together. And I don't remember much about my childhood, but I do remember wrestling in the living room because it was those undistracted moments where we were just spending time together in each other's presence. And as God wrestles with Jacob this day, he sort of puts on pause all this stuff Jacob's doing. And he's kind of like, just be with me here in these moments. And for those moments, Jacob experiences the unexpected presence of God. And we know we can experience God's presence in worship, like we just did, singing together. We know we can experience God's presence in prayer. In a, you know, in, a, in a formal service like what we're having today. But I think that God wants to give you more of his presence if you have a hunger and a desire for it. I think that God wants to give you an unexpected presence. This is what's been working in my life, is having eyes to see that God wants not just an hour every week, but so much more. Why? Because that's how he blesses us, by being with us. And so I wonder, where is God trying to engage with you? Maybe he's trying to wrestle you with your lifestyle. You've been living a certain way and God's like, let's wrestle. 
maybe wrestling with some hidden things that you've been keeping to yourself, you, nobody else knows about, but you know, you, something going on there. Maybe he wants to wrestle you when it comes to generosity. That you feel like you can't be generous because you can't trust anyone. Or you feel like you can't be generous because there's just simply not enough to be generous. And I'm not just talking about money, being generous with the church, which is something that I believe and we know that God has called us to, but just generous with people even. And it's something that you've been kind of like, I'm, uh, but God's like, let's, let's wrestle. Let's talk about that. Let's work through that. Maybe it's wrestling with insecurity, how you feel about yourself. That everywhere you go, you feel like everybody's looking at you. Or wrestling with inadequacy, that every day you show up at work or maybe you go home and you just feel like, I, I don't, I, I'm just not the person that can handle what I'm going through. Or maybe it's wrestling with your sexuality. Do you feel certain things? And you feel like, I'm just, I don't know. I feel lost. I feel like no one understands me. Maybe it's wrestling with doubt. You come to a service like today, you just feel like I'm just, I'm still not sure about all this. Or wrestling with real discouragement, feeling like no matter what you do, you just still feel discouraged about life. Yeah, I wonder if there's things for us where we almost feel mad at God for not doing what we thought he was supposed to do when it comes to a healing or a miracle or open door. Maybe just things in this world that were, were like God, human suffering. Like I'm, really, you allow this? Or things in the Bible that we don't understand or agree with and we feel like people are interpreting wrong. And I wonder what would this wrestling with God look like for you? And for some of us, maybe we're just passive about some of these things or just go through life, just don't talk about it. But I wonder what would wrestling look like Maybe it's being real with someone that you trust to say, this is what I've been going through. Can you help me in this fight? A lot of times it's just us literally voicing it to God. It can be in your head, but you can out loud say things when you're alone in your car, walking around superstore. I don't know what you're doing, but just voicing it saying, God, this is, this is what, I, what I'm feeling about this or that thing. Or maybe it's getting into the scriptures and really trying to figure out what's God's best design for our lives and, and really going, okay, God, I, I don't want to just bring you my opinion to the text. I want the text to convict me and potentially change my opinion. You know, if you're struggling, for me, it's a, a lot of times when I'm, I'm struggling with forgiveness, this is a really helpful thing to just voice it to God, to say, God, I'm, I'm struggling to forgive because I think this person's just going to do it again. And you can start to wrestle with God when you voice, when you voice that kind of thing or saying, God, I know that they don't deserve it and I'm going through this painful thing. I never asked to carry this burden. And this is the wrestling that we can do with God. Can I tell you this morning, the wrestling is the blessing. That oftentimes we think it's gonna be like this other external thing that happens, but actually just inviting God into those things in our lives, the, the wrestling is the blessing. God's not trying to wrestle you because he's mad at you. Like he's just like, I'm so sick of how you're living, let's wrestle. I'm gonna mess you up. He's not trying to wrestle you because like you're just so messed up and he wants to work that out of you. God wants to wrestle you because he wants your undivided attention. Because he wants invited into those things. Like that time that we would have in our living room growing up. 
where he's like, I just want you. I want you to just, would you just come into this moment? And I'm not trying to change your performance in this way or that way. I just, I want you to be present with me. He wants to be invited into your weakness so that you rely on him. And when you rely on him, you experience so much more of his presence. See, on one hand, God allows difficult or impossible situations, but it's the same God who delivers us from those things. And the unexpected, unexpected presence of God will deliver you. He allows these things to happen, but he also delivers us from them. And here's what I love about the story of Jacob, and I just believe it's a story for us as well, is that God wants to change your name. We sang about God changing our name this morning. You might be like, my name's John. I like that name. Don't mess with my name. But he wants to change your name because he loves blessing you. And he's not going to say like, okay, it's time to change your driver's license. Here's what he's saying here is that there's a name in the Bible, Jacob. He has this name. What did the name mean? The deceiver. So what did Jacob do? He lives up to the name he's given. He deceives his father to steal his brother's birthright. He deceives his uncle by messing with his uncle's sheep and taking what it wasn't his. But then he encounters God. He has this unexpected presence of God and God blesses him by changing his name. And so he goes from the deceiver and living as the deceiver and then just a moment in the presence of God changes him like that. And all of a sudden his new name is Israel, which means I've wrestled with God in this text. So cool. God changes him in a moment. He says, this is a man who knows God, who spent some time with God. And when you encounter God's presence, it does something in you. It changes you. It shifts things that we struggle with for so long in a moment. Isaiah 56, 5 says this, I will give them in my house, within my walls, a memorial and a name, a name better than sons and daughters. What could be better than sons and daughters? But God's saying there's even something higher than that that our minds can't even comprehend. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. I don't know what's been spoken over you, but God wants to give you a new name. He says you belong to him. He says you were formed in your mother's womb. He says you were predestined for adoption. Maybe you've living in the name, been living in a name that was spoken over you or things that were negative that were spoken over you. You know, Jacob was called the deceiver, so he lived as the deceiver. God wants to change your name. God changes his name to Israel because he's struggled and he's overcome. And he's like, you're living in a new way now. Something changed in your life today, Jacob. You know, we have just gone through parent-teacher interview season. Parents, are you in the room? Did you go to those things? I did. And when I went to those things growing up, they were terrible. Because sometimes I was terrible. Let's just be honest. But we just went to them with my son, and it was excellent. Uh, the teacher was great. She was so positive. She encouraged my son. But I want to tell you what happened to me at parent-teacher interviews. That was deeply, I, I feel like formative in my life, is there was negative things that it felt like if there was any encouragement, I brushed it over because I would focus on the negative things that were said about me in those parent-teacher interviews. Can I just say to you today, as we go through those further in our lives, would you just mark those moments in your head? Because they're not just eight minutes in a classroom. They're potential harming moments to your kid 
Don't let the negativity in that, in that room at that moment change your kid. Don't let the, your kid get a new name in that moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? That sometimes the negativity can come up and your kid starts to get that on them. In fact, I would encourage you that every day when you drop your kids off at school, make sure they know what God says about them and what you say about them. And then when they come home from school, make sure they know what God says about them and what you say about them. It's like, yeah, you gotta change their name because somebody will try and give them a different name. Somebody will try and give them a different name because of whatever's happening in their, their life. I just wanna encourage us. Let's make sure our kids know the name God says about them and we say about them. I would even say this, and parents, you're doing a great job. I mean, teachers also. Uh, parents, you're doing a great job too. But, but teachers, you're doing a great job. I'm not trying to hate on teachers this morning. I think it's such, a, such an important thing as parents that we're discipling these young people. I would just say this. Don't take the parent-teacher interview too seriously. There's some negativity that might come out. Focus on the positivity. It could be seven minutes of negativity and one minute of positive. I would say focus on the positivity because here's what happened to me. When I went through them, I would leave going, thinking, well, I, they'd say like, oh, Joel talks too much. And thinking like, well, I like talking. Joel, you know, Joel distracts people. I like people. And it took me years to realize God made me that way to talk too much because I'm supposed to talk about the goodness of God. God made me to love people. So I'm supposed to talk to people. Don't let people change your kids' names. You gotta let them know when you drop them off at school, when they come home from school, what you say about them and what God says about them. And God changes Jacob's name. You were a deceiver. Now you're the guy who's wrestled with God and overcome. Now you've had the unexpected presence of God and it did something in your life. See, when you see God's face, it changes the way you see the world. When you see God's face, it changes the way you see the world. So seek his face. Here in this text, the, the word presence and the word face were interchangeable in this context. And Jacob, he calls this place Peniel because that's where he saw God's face. He says, I experienced the presence of God here. I wanna ask you this morning, what do you need to call Peniel? Where is it in your life that you need to say, I've experienced God here? Because it can't just be in this room. Where is it? Your home? Your office? Wherever you go? What if, what, maybe it's your car ride on the way to school with the kids. Or maybe it's when you're visiting your elderly parents. When you go into that place, you're like, the presence of God comes with me and I'm gonna experience God wherever I go. Wherever you're feeling weak, you can say, this place is called Peniel. This is where I'm gonna experience God's face and God's presence. What if everywhere was Peniel? God wants to meet you face to face. He wants you to know his tangible, felt, experienced presence that can change everything for us. The blessing of God doesn't come from possessions. The blessing of God comes from being with God. And so it's no wonder that when Jesus left us, he said, I'm doing something better. You, you've maybe had some of this Holy Spirit, have some of the Holy Spirit around. You certainly had me around and you've experienced me, but I'm gonna send my presence to dwell within you. Whew. So you don't have to come to the, the tabernacle to experience me. You can go wherever and my presence goes with you. I'm doing something better. That's a powerful 
message that he sent us. It's a powerful person and presence that he sent us. Seeing God's face changes how Jacob sees his life. And he's left walking with a limp because God's presence changes you. When you experience God's presence, it, it changes you. It messes with you. You, you leave and, and you're not the same. And David knew this in Psalms 27. He writes this, he says, Lord, hear my voice when I call. Be gracious to me, answer me. My heart says this about you, seek his face. Lord, I will seek your face. Don't hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not leave me or abandon me, God of my salvation. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord cares for me. Oh, even if this painful, imagine your father and your mother just abandoning you. Jacob's like, I know his presence so well that I know even if this, the worst thing I could think of in this moment happens, I still know the Lord cares for me. Man, he knows the helper. Don't let something or someone else be your helper in the way that only God can. Seek his face. Here's a couple things that have been working for me. At the end of the day, when I put my head on my pillow, I just ask myself, where did I meet God today? And as you can reflect, I mean, it's, it's so easy to start to think what went wrong today and what do I have to do tomorrow and put all this heavy stuff on you. But just ask yourself, where did I meet God today? And once in a while, it feels like nowhere. That's okay. You know, it's like you don't have to lay something heavy on yourself in those moments. If that happens to you, you can, it can change how you live because you're like, I want to live in a way where I experience God every day. And what I've found is the result of meeting God and experiencing his presence every day is that I don't have to focus on my performance. I don't, it doesn't take so much focusing on my performance because when I meet with him, it changes my performance. As I experience him, know more of his presence in my life, it starts to change my performance. And so my goal is not to change my performance. I hope that's the outcome, but my goal is to experience him. And I think that could be maybe something helpful to someone here today. It takes real work to want to experience God every day, but it's work that's worth it. It's work that's well worth it. God's presence will leave you walking with a limp. It changes you in a way that is so significant. And wrestling with God leads to deeper relationship. It's this unexpected presence that we can invite him into things that are maybe bothering us or we're discouraged about. I'd encourage you, don't, don't miss out on the presence of God because you're so distracted by this or that or things that are keeping you busy. Seek more of his presence every day and you can make any place into Peniel where his unexpected presence is there. God is so attracted to weakness. Where we are weak, it makes space for his strength. 
And God shows up to Jacob in this weak moment where he's like worried about what his brother's gonna do. And, and I think that sometimes we think God won't show up because of our weakness, because we've been struggling with the same thing and we know better. But that's the very reason he does show up. And so we can be people who say, God, I want your presence here. Like David, I want your presence here. It starts with a humility, realizing you need him. You're never gonna feel, figure this out on your own. And we come to a place of surrender, knowing his ways are so much better than ours. I just wanna take a moment before we close. Just to, just to really, if we could all just take a moment and just reflect on life and how things are going and where we could give God some space and be people to say, God, I want more of your presence here in my life. Let's go ahead and just think about that for a moment. God, where do you need to move? Where do I need to open the door to call this place, Peniel, where I meet God face to face? Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking and ministering to people today. If you're in the room and you just feel like right now you're far from God, like this idea of experiencing his presence is just a really far off idea. You know you've been living for yourself, not for God. I want you to know Jesus died for you as you are today. You don't have to adjust some things about your life to make you worthy of this. None of us are worthy of this. He, he died on the cross for us so that we could live in relationship with God and have eternal life forever. And the Bible just says um, that uh, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. And so maybe you've prayed a prayer like that before, but you've wandered away or you've never prayed a prayer to uh, receive salvation, to receive Jesus as your savior. I wanna pray with you right now and uh, you can begin this beautiful journey with him. So I'm just gonna ask everybody who calls Celebration Church home to repeat after me in agreement with you. And you pray this prayer in confidence, even if it's under your breath. You're not feeling confident in being vocal today. You can pray it under your breath or you can pray it nice, loudly, and boldly. You know, you can pray this prayer with me today. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I confess that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. Thank you for giving me your life so that I can live in freedom. I receive you as my Lord today. I believe God raised you from the dead. So Holy Spirit, dwell within me. I need you every day. Thank you, Jesus, for the freedom that I have because of the cross. Come on, let's give God praise. Amen. Thanks for listening with us today. If you enjoyed it, check out more messages like this at celebrationedmonton.com or on the Celebration Church mobile app. If you'd like to partner with us financially, you can give on our website at celebrationedmonton.com. Come back next week to hear another great message.